0: Come hot from hell. Shall in these confines of the with a monarch's voice cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Apparently Elon Musk has been uh, reading that passage. Yes, ha <laughs> ha Twitter Elon Musk and Hunter Biden's laptop tonight. Uh, if you I don't know how you can't know this story, but I thought just for the few people who maybe live in a cave, we'd review it. It's all over everywhere except mainstream media, who's doing their best to, once again, suppress the story. We got that for you. What's up with the numbers three, six, and nine? You will be amazed. Part of it links to Tesla. Hmm, Not the car, the guy. The original guy. And a houseplant armed with a machete. No, really. (laughs) I got some weird stuff. That and more coming up tonight. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello. Welcome in across Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and our main channel, Rumble.com. We are live it's a Saturday night in Malaysia. It's Saturday morning on the east coast of the U.S. In fact, all across the U.S. And uh, different parts of the world. We're live wherever you get your uh, your live feeds from. Hopefully, that'll be Rumble.com. If you haven't signed up for Rumble, what are you waiting for? Seriously, it's free. It's kicking YouTube's ass. And it is fantastic. It's got, it, no, it's not just a bunch of conservative video ranting, raving. It's got sports, finance, news, uh, funny stuff, lots of cool viral videos, uh, cooking and uh, you name it there's all kinds of categories. you got to check it out rumble.com and please while you're there check out the Jay Sheldon show give us a subscribe we really appreciate it. You will find all of our shows there and of course right now you will find us live on rumble.com links uh, in our show notes as always and in our tweet that we put out there uh, every night when we run the show so yeah we got all that coming up tonight it is a uh, mm, it is a weird program (sighs) to say the least because it's been a weird 24 hours All right, right now the one thing that is a stable rock in our lives one of the main dogs of war this little lady where is she there she is Miko Update. Miko Update. Our little girl, as you know, turned three years old. Yeah, just a couple days ago, she turned three. December 1st was her birthday. We told you it was coming. Then it happened in between our live shows. And uh, here you go. Here is... uh, I don't have sound for that. Well, there is sound, but not on the show. Um, So we actually... We put her on the table. We had this autopsy slab dining room table but uh, anyway there's her cake with the three candles she doesn't quite know what to make of it Uh, she almost stuck her nose in it because she's trying to figure it out I guess she, yeah now she feels the heat Uh, and uh, she celebrated her third birthday in fine fashion and uh, she ate all of her cake with the little doggy bones on it no she did not blow out the candles I did that but uh, there you go. She's she didn't really want a whole lot to do with it. But there she did manage to strike a pose for us with her birthday cake, uh, taking a look at it there. So yeah, she uh, she had a great birthday, a lot of fun, and uh, we had a lot of fun too because you know that's kind of what it's all about anyway. And uh, earlier today, as a matter of fact, let me see if I can find that shot. Oh yeah, here it is. Earlier today, she was out in our draw in our uh, front area uh that's my car there you go oh, yes it's a Perdana. it's an old Perdana because i love that old style Perdana. so you see this she does with her feet hang on let me get my mouse back you see oh come on there we go you see this little thing she does look at this it's like she's she's doing like i don't know she's got one hand on top of the other and she's just kind of surveying the world around her uh there's a there you go. That's a little clearer picture of her. So anyway, uh, she's she's great. She had a nice couple of walks tonight. We managed to avoid the rain. And our uh, Miko update brought to you, of course, by BarkBox. BarkBox is a monthly subscription. If you go to BarkBox.com Miko, M-I-K-O, that's our special link. You can sign up. For a one-time box, a six-month subscription, or a 12-month subscription. And if you use our link, BarkBox.com Miko, you will get an extra month with a multi-month subscription for free. You get an extra month free. So that actually winds up taking the cost of all the other months and reducing it quite substantially. So you check them out every month delivered right to your door if you live in the U.S., Canada, or U.S. territories. Sadly, they don't yet ship overseas to international addresses. But uh, if you are in the U.S. or Canada, you want to check this out. Every month, you'll get a themed box of goodies and treats for your dog and toys. You get a couple of toys. You get a couple of bags of treats, all natural, good for your dog, and a dog chew. You can specify what size, small, medium, or large. You can specify if your dog has any allergies. They'll make sure you don't get that. And the themes are absolutely adorable. Every month is a different theme. Here is a Halloween party. There's the uh, Season Sweetings. That's the one coming up for Christmas. It's available now. Check that out. And look at those amazing toys little cookie type things. These are all plushy, sort of, but they're designed for dogs, so they're durable. And uh, they are amazing. Uh, their Halloween party, Thanksgiving, uh, Boops and Scoops, Harry Potter. These are some of the past bark boxes that they've come up with Stranger Things, Star Wars, uh, Jackpot, NBA, Jurassic World, uh, it's in Madagascar, slump, Slobber Party. <laughs> These is so cute. Australian Outbark. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Rudolph, that's last year's Christmas theme. That's actually the from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Look at that. The abominable snowman. <laughs> These are great. BarkBox.com is where you will find the uh, amazing monthly subscription for your dog. Please do check them out and use our special link. It's in our, our show notes. It's the top link there. And uh, it, it's easy to remember. BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. And uh, that's all you need, and off you go to the races. Please do uh, check them out, even if you don't sign up. Just check them out. It's a lot of fun on that site there. And, uh, wow, amazing. All right, we got lots going on tonight, and it's all over the news. There are all different kinds of ways I could have shown this to you, but you know what I thought? I thought the best way to show you what happened yesterday on Twitter was to go to the very folks who broke the first story about Hunter Biden's laptop that started all this crap. And that, of course, is the New York Post. And uh, they were the ones who first broke the story. Hunter Biden's laptop bombshell... Twitter invented reasons to censor the New York Post's reporting. Twitter just freelanced its baseless decision to censor the Post's bombshell Hunter Biden laptop scoop in the run-up to the 2020 election. Top-level workers at the social media giant agreed that the controversial decision was effed up Damning insider communications released by Elton Musk on Friday revealed the. uh, Hang on, let me dump this stupid video. The chaos and confusion behind closed doors at Twitter in the immediate aftermath of the October 2020 Hunter Biden expose showed that a small group of top level executives decided to label the Post story as hacked material without any evidence that it was. Normally, a definition of hacked material would have to include some confirmation of that from law enforcement. Uh, Behind the back, by the way, of then-CEO and founder Jack Dorsey. Jack, basically, they claim, had no idea what was going on. Now, in a brilliant, brilliant move, Musk tweeted a link to the account of independent journalist... Matt Taibbi. Now, Matt is not a Trump fan. In fact, he's written a lot of articles that were quite anti-Trump. So to pick not only this brilliant journalist, he is, he's an amazing journalist, does incredible work. But to have him do the story as a news story and him as a journalist, instead of Elon tweeting all this stuff out, was, again, Another brilliant move by Elon Musk. He shed light on Twitter's shady censorship decision by posting what appeared to be redacted emails between Twitter employees. Shortly after 6 p.m., that his decision to censor the post story was made at the highest levels of the company, perhaps with the exception of Jack, according to uh, Taibbi. But without Dorsey's involvement that's Jack uh, what you here's the first second tweet in a thread what you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter as Taibi puts it the internal communications reveal just how much was done without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey and how long it took for the situation to get uneft, as one ex employee put it, even after Jack Dorsey stepped in. Twitter's former head of legal policy and trust, Vijaya Gadeh. Kelvin Young's liked the stream. Thank you, Kelvin. Appreciate that. Thank you much. Be sure you subscribe or follow. <laughs> All right. Um, the uh, uh, Vijaya. Uh, Gade, or God, placed a, uh, played a key role in the censorship decision, this moron woman. Damning emails and uh, comments from former Twitter employees showed that everyone, everyone knew the social media giant's suppression of the post scoops about Hunter Biden's infamous laptop was, as they're quoting here, effed. You can fill in the extra letters in between the F and the E D. Uh, the company shaky rationale for taking this extraordinary censorship step was that the story violated the company's hacked materials policy, which was questioned by a lot of insiders. Check out this the link to this post uh, article about. Matt Taibbi's article, or tweets, is in our show notes. I encourage you to go read it, read the whole thing, check it out, find out more. If you don't know, and again, like I said, unless you only get your news from the one-sided, lopsided, communist, mainstream media, you know, the CBS, NBC, ABCs, CNNs, MSNBCs of the world, If that's the only place you get your news, first of all, you're an idiot, and I feel very sorry for you. But if, by some odd chance, that is where you get all your news from, you may not even have heard of this story, if you're not on Twitter, too. I don't know how you could be on Twitter and not hear about this. But you need to know about it. You need to know about it, not just because it's, ooh, everybody's talking about it sort of thing, You need to know about it because this is the lengths these people, including the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, will go. Now, look, at the time this happened, Biden wasn't president. Trump was president. The election was just a few weeks away. And this story, and by the way, there has been a lot of surveys conducted that said that I think the last number I saw was like 38%. It may be higher, but something like 38% of people asked said if they knew about this story, they would have changed their vote. They would have voted differently. Think about that, 38%, and that's probably a low-ball number. This is the world we live in, my friends. It is scary. Something... GOP, Mm. not the, uh, not the rhino GOPs. You're useless, completely useless. You're just Democrats with an R in front of your name. But to the real Republicans out there, something needs to be done. I know you're not getting back into the House majority until January, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't start now. Tell these people to save their records, too, because I can just hear the paper shredders and the delete buttons going at a whole lot of offices, government and otherwise, across the U.S. Scary stuff. All right. We're going to change things up entirely. But I found this story, and it is so weird. We're just going to completely get off politics and all that other crap. The the link is in our show notes. This is from abc.net.au, so it's Australia. A journey inside our unimaginable future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accept all cookies. I shouldn't do that, but I do. You see this crazy woman? Her name is Loeb. L O A B. Loeb was created entirely by artificial intelligence. This woman is an entire creation of artificial intelligence. An AI generated character might not sound so remarkable in an era with deep fakes and all kinds of digital alchemy, but Loeb is different. Generated by accident, she leaves an indelible trace on every image associated with her persona. She's often accompanied by extreme gore and violence, and it's not clear why. This story just gets more weird. Not even those who understand this AI tech can explain what she's doing here. Loeb was first discovered in April this year by 31-year-old artist Stephen Swanson. He's known online as SuperComposite. He was at home in Uppsala, Sweden, experimenting with one of the many game-changing AI image generation tools, which are now publicly available. They produce original images based on the description you type in. You type in a description and AI creates an image based on just your words. That day, she was using negative prompt weights, a technique which produces the theoretical opposite of whatever you ask for. You ask for a red apple, it might give you a blue orange, something like that. So Steph's request for the opposite of Marlon Brando produced a business logo. There it is. pentix. But then when she asked AI for the opposite of the description of the logo, something weird happened. Follow me, because this gets weird. I got four images of the same woman she says. There they are. She asked AI for the opposite of the description of this business logo it generated, when asked for the opposite of Marlon Brando. And then this woman popped up. Loeb. This is freaky. Steph had never seen the AI behave in such a way before. If you use negative prompts, where you're telling it to give you the opposite of what you ask for, a lot of times it's varied. A lot. So it was really unusual to get a bunch of images of what was recognizably the same woman. Even if you describe a person in a positive prompt, you get people that match the description, but you don't literally get the same person. I immediately recognized this as an anomaly. She repeated the experiment straight away to test whether it was a fluke, and it was not. As I ran the prompt more and more, I kept getting lobe. Look at all these images. It was like, oh, like this is the only thing this prompt makes is this woman. But there she is, and you can tell this is the same woman, albeit slightly varied, in every picture. This is scary. The woman in the image is always sad, sometimes wet-cheeked, like she'd been crying, with her mouth half open like she's sobbing. Once she appeared next to some garbled text spelling Loeb L-O-A-B, and the name stuck. Stranger still, Loeb always appeared in the same location. A house with brownish-green walls, alongside cardboard boxes, junk, and occasionally a stuffed toy. Oh man, this is getting... look at this. This is scary. She tried a different technique, crossbreeding Loeb's image with another image. Here's the two images she tried to crossbreed. She chose another AI-generated image a friend had made from the prompt, Hyper-Compressed Glass Tunnels Surrounded by Angels in the style of Wes Anderson. For reasons unknown, this happened. Yeah. That's what the AI created when they tried to combine the two pictures together. Oh, man. This is Unbelievable. Some of the resulting images are so graphic, she won't even release them to the public. And those images are pretty graphic. Again, this is not real. These are AI-generated images, strange though they be. She repeated the experiment, crossed Loeb with other images, and the horror just persisted, suggesting that AI associates Loeb specifically with gore. Loeb herself, also strangely persistent. Steph continued cross images of Loeb in order to dilute her visibility. Multiple rounds of dilution, and the original Loeb image would eventually disappear completely. It took a long time, because Loeb almost always showed up. What was really interesting was that when I, I kept combining the images I lost her from, eventually... I would get an image where she reappeared. She is like a dominant gene. Is this not the strangest story you have ever heard? This is with AI. People have reacted in a bunch of weird ways about this. The first strong reaction I got was someone said I shouldn't be messing with demons. (laughs) Yeah, really. I thought it was a fabrication. Others dismissed it as just data. Um, She's saying there's nothing supernatural about Loeb. It is indeed just AI, just data. But it's weird. I also think it's almost scarier that being supernatural in some way, it is truly unknowable. The potential of AI is limitless. This is one of the freakiest, weirdest stories I have ever heard. The link is in our show notes. There's a little bit more in this story. If you want to read up on it, check it out. But it's, it's beyond strange. Seriously. Beyond strange. All right. New topic. Hey, you know, you know, spammers and scammers, you know that they're out to get your money to get your data to get your information which they can then sell well you wonder how much would your phone number and your name and maybe your id card number your my in malaysia we have things called the my card which is your identification card your ic how much do you suppose those are worth to spammers hundred bucks a couple hundred bucks Think again. Your phone and my card number is sold to spammers on WhatsApp for one sen. Now, for those not in Malaysia, one sen is basically our equivalent to a U.S. penny. Although, (laughs) with the current exchange rate, one sen would be perfectly useless. It would be worth nothing compared to USD, which is now, what, 4 something. Four to one, it's over four to one. Anyway, this is a great story from Chili Sauce. You got to check it out. The link's in our show notes. Even if you're not in Malaysia, this price holds across the uh, the world the, the, how much your particular ID information, your data is worth. Not what you think. At the end of every spam call asking if you want to buy a property, donate money, take up a too-good-to-be-true part-time job, you're probably wondering, how the heck did they get my number? Well, deep down inside, you really do know the truth, don't you? Oh, you know your number's been leaked somewhere. Question is, where? Well, together with the friends of uh, Jabhatan Data Peribadi, uh, JPDP, that's the government agency in charge of your personal data in Malaysia, uh, they set out to find out How much personal data really costs, and how does it get leaked in the first place? They have their own answers, but uh, we also asked someone from an industry that's quite associated with spam calls, a property agent, which, like a real estate agent, got a bit of a shock when he revealed that your personal details are being sold for one cent. You'd think spammers and scammers were paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for this information. Your phone number, your IC details, your address. But in fact, those spam callers, you're just another number and you're only worth about one cent. There's a link here to a chat they had with this uh, real estate agent. Unbelievable. Mike, not his real name, told us uh, he's received WhatsApp messages from data brokers selling what's known as master lists, basically lists of hundreds and thousands of names, phone numbers, sometimes even ID, IC numbers, and addresses of residents in a given geographic location or a residential development. So they can be demographically or geographically specific. I'd like uh, all the data information you have on uh, Section 15 of Subang Jaya. And they got it. And it only costs you 1 cent a piece. Unbelievable. They sell the master list for anywhere from 50 to 5000 uh, contacts. And uh, get oh 50 bucks for 5000 contracts. Contacts. Blew, why can't I talk? Anyway, that ain't much. Unbelievable. <clears throat> Check out the rest of this uh, this article. It's insane. And when you realize all the different places you have entered your phone number, you have offered up your data, or you've ticked on some checkbox that says, yes, I agree. They got you. Fascinating. Even if you're not in Malaysia, read that article because it's an eye opener. Thanks, Chili Sauce, for that. It's absolutely brilliant. All right. uh, Here we go. Three, six, nine. Three, six, nine. The magic numbers? They could be. This is from uh, theancientzen.com. Links in our show notes if you want to read the whole article. I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'm going to skim through it. But again, it's almost like the Loeb story. It's incredible. I'm a big fan of uh, Nikolai Tesla. It is a shame, all that happened to him. But uh, why did Tesla claim the numbers 3, 6, and 9 were the key to unlocking the universe? Check that out. There he is. These three numericals, according to the Serbian creator, held the secret to understanding the universe One of history's most intriguing inventors, Nikola Tesla, he was able to comprehend secrets of natural forces with his extraordinary mind, allowing him to make inventions out of series. But electromagnetic energy wasn't the only energy Tesla studied to death. Uh, Numbers were also a vital aspect of reality for him many people attribute to him the remark that if you understood the majesty of the numbers 3, 6, and 9, you would have the key to the universe. Perhaps Tesla had a better understanding of how mathematics is the very representation of reality because these three numbers have been found to have surprising properties to the point that they've been dubbed the code of creation, one that embeds reality and transforms it into something tangible. <clears throat> You'll see here in this, uh, this chart next to his picture. <clears throat> it is an absolutely fascinating article. Uh, the number nine, let me, just, let me just give you one sample. The number nine in particular appears to be ubiquitous as if existence its existence itself was coded with this number, the very existence of all of us. The circle is the greatest spot to begin dismantling the magic since every circle, regardless of size, is measured in degrees. And what are those degrees exactly? Well, the well-known 360 degrees. And the first thing that comes to mind is that the total of the numbers, 3 plus 6 plus 0, is 9. But other mysteries being divisible by 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 12. Given it's close to the 365 days of the present calendar, despite the fact that not all ancient calendars were measured in these days, many of them are close to 360 days. Again, kind of a cosmic circle. From here, the series of seemingly casual coincidences Arise in spurts. The calendar split into 12 months, 30 days. Astronomy fans will know the sky is divided into 12 zodiac symbols, each of which occupies approximately 300 of the ecliptic, or about a month. Giving us a total of 3,600 of the elliptic. There's 3 plus 6 plus 0 plus 0 is 9. You see where I'm going with this? This goes on and on, and it is absolutely... Look, even if you're not a numbers freak, you got to check this article out. It is fascinating. Three, six, nine. What did Nikolai Tesla know about our very existence? This will freak you out. Almost as much as the Loeb story freaks me out. okay coffee break time Mm. just a couple more here we'll get on with our book but uh, (laughs) man I'm telling you the world just keeps getting weirder this is from futurism.com and it is an absolutely true story how well do you treat your house plants how many have you killed show of hands yeah Actually, I'm pretty good with houseplants. I have bonsai, so I'm very good with those, of course, because they're very valuable. But uh, beyond that, houseplants, I'm usually pretty good with them. You see the ones I've got here? They're still in great shape. They really are. They're holding up really well. They're very low maintenance. Anyway, if you were to take and arm your houseplants... How much trouble do you think you'd be in if they could get revenge? Well, there is a project out now. <laughs> this is the funniest thing. There is a new project that lets houseplants control a robot arm which is equipped with a machete. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? What if you gave a plant control of a robotic arm and then gave that robotic arm a giant knife? That's the pressing question explored by robotic artist David Bowen, the creator of an installation called Plant Machete, which does exactly that. Essentially, the plant is the brain of the robot controlling the machete, and that determines how it swings, jabs, slices, and interacts in space. Man, this is gonna get dangerous. The live philodendron used in the installation directs the arm via open source microcontroller, which receives inputs from the plant's electronic signals. Using custom software, These signals are mapped in real time to the movements of the joints of this industrial robot holding a machete. The artist's sight continues in this way. The movements of the machete are determined based on inputs from the plant. There is the rhododendron. There is the robot arm. And there is the machete. Let's just play this and see what we get. I hope it plays. Yes, there you go. Look at this. It's like a jousting match. The the movements are actually being controlled by the electrical impulses of that plant. Look at that. That is insane. So... Man, it's slicing and dicing. If you're on our podcast, you got to check out the link in our show notes. This is amazing. If you hooked your plants up to this based on how you treat your plants, I'm thinking the thing would just come after you and slice you to pieces. Look at that. This isn't th- there's no other thing controlling this knife hand, robot arm with the machete attached then that plant's electrical signals. That's insane. Wow. All right, check it out. The link is in our show notes and the video is in the article. And uh, yeah, wow. Wow. All right, I got one more wow for you. And sadly, here in Malaysia, this is something that while it would benefit Many, many, many people. It will never happen. And for reasons that will become obvious when I show you the headline, science has done an incredible, uh, moved an incredible step forward in the advancement of help to people who are blind. There is an eye implant that reverses blindness in 14 people. That were tested. Three of them had 20-20 vision after the implant. Here's the problem. This implant is made from pig skin. For obvious reasons, I live in a Muslim country. That is about as non-halal as you can possibly get. So sadly, this absolutely amazing in uh, science, where it has reversed blindness in fourteen people, three of which wound up with twenty-twenty vision. An artificial corona, or yeah, corona, cornea, sorry, made from pigskin, could end our reliance on human donors and give millions of people worldwide back their sight. The uh, the uh, cornea is a tough, transparent layer of tissue that covers the front of the eye. It helps force light in onto the retina. And if it's damaged by disease or an injury, your vision can suffer, including blindness. Worldwide, 13 million people are blind because of problems with their corneas. One... excuse me, only one out of every 70 people in need of a cornea transplant ever gets one. One in 70. Man, for people with keratoconus, a disease that causes the cornea to thin and bulge out, the only way to correct severely impaired vision with a cornea transplant from currently a human donor The majority of these live in low- or middle-income countries, where treatment options are often limited and prohibitively expensive. Well, they've created and tested an artificial cornea made from ordinary pigskin, widely available food industry byproduct that contains collagen, main component of human corneas. And after purifying the molecules extracted from the pig skin, the researchers fashioned them into an eye implant that basically looks like a giant contact lens. The surgery used to implant the artificial corneas was simpler and helped the eyes heal more quickly. They teamed up with surgeons in Iran and India Wow, Iran, that surprises me, another Muslim country. To implant the artificial corneas in 20 people with keratoconus. 14 were blind and 6 of those close to losing their sight. Now, instead of removing the damaged cornea and suturing a new one into place, the surgeons tried a simpler technique. They used a laser to make incisions and then inserted the implant into the existing cornea. No sutures necessary. And while the goal of the study was to test the safety of this artificial cornea, the searchers were surprised to see their invention appeared to reverse the damage caused by keratoconus. The participants' corneas regained their uh, thickness and normal curvature. That is in incredible and these artificial corneas have a two-year shelf life so they can be created and sit on the shelf for two years and they're still good to use shipped out wherever they might be needed amazing read more about this the article is in our show notes tonight it is fascinating Um, sadly not everybody will have access to this science and new technology and medical help which could solve your blindness, which could cure people's blindness because of their religious beliefs. But you know what? You do you. If that's your belief, it's sad in my opinion. But uh, there you go. All right. It's time. It's time to move on. Hey, you know, I was just reading, not reading ahead, but looking ahead in this book, Bambi, that we've been reading. We only have about three, four, maybe five more chapters to go here before we're done. So it's time to start thinking about what book you want us to do next. We take your suggestions. We've had a bunch of those that we have used, and uh, those are the books we read. Uh, Ong Chi Kyung has liked the stream. Thank you. Appreciate it, Ong. Thanks a lot, Chi Kyung. Be sure you like and follow and subscribe. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> all right, sorry, I had to say it. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we're going to uh, move ahead here with Bambi, but it's not going to be long before Bambi's all done, and we'll have to pick another book. So send me your suggestions. You can always email us, show at jsheldon.com, show, S-H-O-W, at jsheldon.com, or send me a PM if you like. I'll get them. I reply to everybody's messages, and I get quite a few, so thank you for that. All right let's move along here this originally was written in german by felix sultan uh, of course bambi the original disney animated uh, film that came out in 1942 was re-released five six seven eight nine times after that but uh this uh the book and the animated movie pretty much parallel each other so not bad it's a great book i've so loved reading this and I get a lot of reaction from folks who uh, are enjoying it, too, and I'm glad. Thank you. All right, here we go with Chapter 20. It wasn't long before everyone noticed that Gobo had an odd and puzzling habit. He slept at night when all the others were awake and moving about. But by day, when all the others sought out a place to hide and sleep, he would cheerfully walk off somewhere. And when he felt like it, he would go without hesitation out of the thick woods and stand in full daylight in the middle of the meadow with no worry at all. Bambi, who was no longer able to keep quiet about this, do you not think of the danger, he asked. No, came Gobo's simple answer. There's no danger for me. Bambi love, Gobo's mother put in, you're forgetting that he is a friend of his. Gobo can afford to allow himself more than you can or anyone else. And she was very proud of this. Bambi said no more. One day, Gobo commented to him. Do you know, sometimes it strikes me as odd that I can eat here like this whenever I want to and wherever I want to. Bambi didn't understand. What's so odd about that? That's what we all do. Gobo thought about this and said, Yes, well, that's you. Bit with me, it's a bit different. Uh, I've got used to having my food brought to me, and that they'll call me when it's ready. Bambi looked at Gobo with pity, looked at Aunt Ina, Feline, Morena, but they just smiled and admired Gobo. I think, Feline began, I think you'll find it hard to get used to the winter. Gobo, for us, outside in the winter, there's no hay at all. No turnips, no potatoes. That's true, answered Gobo thoughtfully, but if it gets too hard for me, I'll just go back to him. Why would I go hungry? I, I really don't need to. Without a word, Bambi turned around and walked away. Gobo was now alone with Morena. He began to talk about Bambi. He doesn't understand me, he said. Bambi's good, but he thinks I'm still just stupid. Little Gobo, like I used to be. He still can't understand that I've been changed into something special. The danger. Why is he always on about danger? I'm sure he means the best for me, but danger is something for him, and for those like him, not for me. Marina agreed with him. She loved him, and Gobo loved her, and the two of them were very happy. You see, he said to her, no one understands me as well as you do. Anyway, I can't complain. Everyone respects and honors me, but it's you who understands me best. The others, I've told them so many times how good he is, but they won't listen to me. I'm sure they don't think I'm lying, but they keep on thinking he must be terrible. I've always believed in him, said Marina with enthusiasm. Really? Gobo replied glibly. Don't you remember, Marina went on, that day when you stayed lying in the snow... I said that one day he would come to us here in the woods and play with us. No, retorted Gobo, speaking very slowly. I can't remember that at all. A couple of weeks went by, and one morning, just as the sun was rising, Bambi and Faline, Gobo and Marina were all together in the old thicket of hazel bushes, as they saw as home... Bambi and Feline had just come back home from their wanderings. They'd gone past the oak and wanted to seek out their place to rest when they came across Gobo and Morena. Gobo was just about to go out into the meadow. Stay with us here, said Bambi. It'll be broad daylight. No one goes out into the open at this time. Ridiculous, Gobo mocked. If no one goes, I go. He strode away, and Marina followed him. Bambi and Faline stayed where they were. Come on, said Bambi angrily to Feline, Come on, he can just do what he wants. They wanted to go on. Then outside, from the other side of the meadow, came the screech of the jay, loud and foreboding. Bambi turned suddenly round and ran after Gobo. He caught up with them and Marina just before they reached the oak tree. Did you hear that, he called to him. Hear what? asked Gobo in puzzlement. The jay at the other side of the meadow screeched again. Can you really not hear it, Bambi repeated? No, said Gobo calmly. That means danger, Bambi insisted. Now a magpie appeared, chattering as he went, and immediately after there was another one, and then just as promptly a third. At the same time, the jay screeched again, and the crows gave signals from high in the air. Feline began to implore them to, ''Don't go out there, Gobo. It's dangerous.'' Even Marina now began to urge him, ''Stay here. For my sake, stay here today. It's dangerous.'' Gobo stood there, grinned in embarrassment. Danger, danger, why should he be bothered about that? The danger of the moment gave Bambi an idea. At least let Morena go out first, then we'll know. He'd not finished speaking before Morena had already slipped out there. All three stood there and looked at her. Bambi and Feline held their breath. Gobo was openly patient, but if he wanted the others to have their foolish way. They watched as Marina walked step by step onto the meadow. Slowly, her head raised high, her legs hesitant. She looked round, smelled the air on every side. She suddenly turned round, quick as lightning. A high leap, and as if blown in by a storm, She was back in the thicket. He, he's there, she whispered in a voice that was choked in horror. Her whole body was shaking. I, I, I saw him. He is there, she stammered. Up there, he's, he's standing there by the alder tree. Let's get away from here, Bambi called. Now, let's get away. Come away, Feline implored them. And Marina, who by now was barely able to speak, whispered, "'Please, Gobo, I beg of you. Come away with us. I beg of you.' But Gobo remained calm. "'Run away, then. Run as far as you can,' he said. "'I'm not stopping you, am I? If he's there, I'll go over and say hello.' There was nothing that could have held Gobo back. They stayed where they were and watched him as he went out into the meadow. They stayed behind because his immense confidence had a kind of power over them, and at the same time he held their terror for him in its place. They were unable to move from the spot. Gobo stood out in the open in the meadow, looked around to find the alder, and now he seemed to have found it, and he seemed to have glimpsed him, and then the thundercrack sounded. Oh, my. Yep. That's where we're going to leave it for tonight. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Let's see what happens. I have a feeling it's not going to be good news. But we will continue this on our Monday night stream, the story of Bambi. Wow scary stuff thanks so much everybody for following along our podcast listeners thank you a lot for uh, liking and subscribing following along on our podcast we're available on itunes apple itunes uh Spotify. Hey, did you see the numbers, by the way? I posted them on my Facebook page for our Spotify numbers. Thank you so much, our Spotify podcast listeners. Really appreciate it. We did fantastic this year. And here's to a even better 2023. Uh, we're not only available on Spotify, but Apple iTunes, as I mentioned, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7 in India, And uh, thanks for those of you who are subscribed to our podcast. It's the audio part of our show that goes out about 10, 15 minutes after every live stream. I will see you again Monday night. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This is The Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. (laughs) No. <laughs>